So it's been a devastating, devastating day in Eretz Yisrael. I woke up this morning, my wife told me about the tragedy that happened last night in Meron. And I've been numb. I've been numb the whole day. It's been six hours or so. I've been holding back the tears during Shear. And here in Eretz Yisrael, we're seeing the scenes, the horror, horrific scenes, the apocalyptic scenes. Children in hospital beds, separated from their parents. Parents scurrying from one hospital to another, trying to find where the children may be, if the children are alive at all. We're going to live through the trauma. We're going to see the Levayos. It's just it's unimaginable, 44 Levayos, who knows, in the span of a day or two. Avodah Hashem also includes crying when Am Yisrael suffers. And I think that in Eretz Yisrael, it's easier to cry when you feel connected to the events by, by nature. It's only natural. And I'm just torn apart today. Torn apart. I'm holding, literally trying to stop myself from crying. But how do you cry when you're in Chutzlar? It's not always so easy. I remember a while back, about 25 years ago, I was interviewing a boy for admissions to Yeshiva, and the boy asked me, where are the best boys going next year? I want to be with the best boys. I thought that was a somewhat inappropriate question, but I asked him to define the best boy. He told me the best boy was the boy that learned the most Gemara and Davin with the most Kavana. And I told, I asked him a few questions, and I was trying to stretch his imagination that being a good Oved Hashem is not just how much Gemara you learn, how well you daven, but other aspects. And this is about 25 years ago during the helicopter accident in the north of Israel where 70-plus soldiers died, and we went through 70 Levias in the span of 48 hours. And I asked him, what did he do? How did he respond? And he said to Helen, with his class, with his shul, and I said, you know what we did in Israel? We sat in front of the TV and we watched 70 Levias and we just cried and cried and cried till we could cry no more. I remember that I just didn't have any more tears left. It was just so heartbreaking. And I asked him, is the ability to cry when your people suffer, is that part of being an Ovid Hashem? And he conceded that it was. And I said, well, come to Yeshiva and I'll teach you how to cry. I'll create the sensitivities that will allow you to cry. So I know it's tough being distant and being in faraway lands, but here are two recommendations specifically for Jews not in Israel, the Jews in Israel obviously can gain from it as well, about how to feel the loss and the trauma that we're suffering through here in Eretz Yisrael. Two points on Shabbos I recommend thinking about what happened in Meron, because I know it's difficult, a lot of people don't go to Meron, the optics of Meron are very foreign to a lot of people, the world of Hasidus, which was the, the pivot of this experience, and sadly, most of the victims of that all are from the general Hasidic event until its iron world, so it's not something that people say in your backyard. It's not for many people listening to this year, the most naturally associated group. It doesn't in any way, shape, or form lessen the tragedy, the sadness, the heartache. It's just hard to even say these words. Number one tonight, when you sing L'chadodi, in your shuls, on your street minyanim, think about where Kabbalah Shabbos began. Think about the Ariya Kodesh and his Talmidim still suffering the tragedy of the Spanish Inquisition, relocated to Tzvat, and changing Jewish history. And part of changing Jewish history is reasserting the love between our Kaddish Baruch Hu and his people, which was doubted in the 16th century after such a horrific, horrific tragedy. And singing to Hashem and singing to Shabbos and walking out to those mountains, literally those mountains in which this tragedy occurred. So if you can close your eyes during L'chadodi, wherever you are, whichever shul, and take yourself to those mountains, which are now, sadly enough, tainted with blood of innocent people. Just think about 
what these mountains have seen, how formative these mountains were in Jewish history, and how sad those mountains were last night. The second moment during Shabbos, which I think you can connect to what we're living through here in Eretz Yisrael, is tomorrow when we read Parsha's Emor. Parsha's Emor describes the Yom Tovim, primarily the mitzvot and the Yisri Melacha, the prohibition of work. It doesn't really describe the gathering of Yom Tov. But so much of Yantav described in Mishpatim and Kitisa and Re'e, it's about gathering and gathering and gathering and Amisol gathering together. Sadly, we don't gather that much in those throngs, but last night people gathered, people, hundreds of thousands of people gathered to Davin, to feel close to Rabshim Bayrochai, to, to feel close to one another, maybe in ways that are a little different than the way some others would gather. But we pray and yearn for days in which we'll all gather. We'll all be in Meron-like situations one day. And we hope and we daven for those types of situations one day. Hopefully, of course, Bezrat Hashem and safety and security. But what happened last night is a, is, is a, is a promo to, to what we all hope for and daven for. The, the type of gathering that happened last night. Not Hashem, the tragedy. And just think about that we live in Eretz Yisrael and we now have this chus together in the tens of thousands and sadly last night we weren't able to gather in health and safety. These are two moments this coming Shabbos. Would you take a moment just to stop and think? You may not be able to cry at such a distance, but just to connect, to identify, to affiliate yourself with an experience rather than running away from it. A Shabbat Shalom to everyone. And we should know no more tzaros. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu should give our people menucha. In the Chama of the Shabbos. Shabbat Shalom.